Hello. And welcome to Pop Talk. I'm Emily Rems. I'm Callie Watts. We are both editors of Bust Magazine in New York City. New York City. <laughs> New York. And we're both pop culture junkies. We love pop culture. We love talking to each other about pop culture and we love talking to you about pop culture in this episode Callie and I will be talking about one of our very favorite shows Broad City yes queen season four has arrived by the time this episode that we're recording drops three episodes will be out in the world Callie you and I have seen four episodes we're not going to be spoilers no but we're going to get into it. Yes. We're going to drop it like a top. For those of you who are not familiar with Broad City, it is about two best friends, Abby and Alana, who live in New York City, and they are in their 20s, and they're Jewish, and they're figuring it out. And they smoke a lot of weed. They smoke you a know lot I of love. weed. And they get into adventures. This season's opener, I thought, was more contemplative, if you will. It was uh, a split episode where you saw two possible outcomes of their very first meeting. It was an origin story for Abby and Alana's friendship where there's one track that their day took in which they were both trying to catch a train and they did catch the train. And then there was another where they did not catch the train and their lives, whole lives panned out differently. Sliding doors. Sliding doors based on the Gwyneth Paltrow film. Mm -hmm. Did you see that movie? So, so very long ago. So long ago. I can't, I, I remember sliding that the doors slid. <laughs> but but same thing that her her life turns out entirely differently just because of this one train that she either catches or does not catch in in two different scenarios. So in this one, you know, I that's not a super although there were slapsticky moments, yeah. you know, they were going back and forth between the two possible timelines and that is, I would say, a more conceptual way to start a sort of wild, broad comedy. Yeah. But also, I mean, I know that they rewrote a lot of it because of Trumple. Trumple Stillskin. Right. That's another important thing that you actually raised my consciousness of, that they had written the season assuming that Hillary Clinton would be president, and then they had to go back and rewrite when that was not the case. And I know it's probably really hard to be your funniest when you have to think about Trump. When you're devastated. Yeah. So I think that may have had a lot to do with why what isn't to me as funny as the previous because it's the, the, we're not in lighthearted times right, right now. So it probably makes it difficult. But that means we need crazy comedy more than ever. Yes. Yes, we do. I feel like the, the slapsticky ha-ha funnies jumped back in in episode two, which had a literal cavalcade of stars. In episode two, they both have new jobs. Abby's new boss is Wanda Sykes. I love Wanda Sykes so much. I hope she's in more episodes. Yes, I adore her. And Ilana's new boss is RuPaul. RuPaul, who is in everything. If you don't have a show, uh, RuPaul on your show in 2017, 
then you don't have a show. You don't have a show. (laughs) And my favorite was when RuPaul was the manager of a Manhattan restauranterie. Yes, well, you had to be an asshole. You had to be an asshole to work there. And there was other cool cameos. Sandra Bernhardt was one of Alana's. I loved that. You know, Sandra Bernhardt cover was one of my favorite issues of Bus Magazine when I was back as a wee toddler. No, I wasn't a toddler. I was in middle school. (laughs) High school. I I loved that one, too. Yeah. I remember I had on my refrigerator at my first house in college the quote that she said that was like, if the house is in disarray, heads will roll or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, so Sandra Bernhardt has been on the cover of Bust, and she is in season uh, for episode two of Broad City as Ilana's co-worker. And Shania Twain was in that episode, too. It was Can we just talk about the Shania Twain? Bonkers. That was so campy. I, me and Camillo, that's the my husband for you guys, newbies, uh, we looked at each other like, what the fuck is this? It was so cheesy. But she's been taught lying about training Shania Twain for so long in that show. It's so funny that she actually was in the show. Yeah, but the jokes were really bad. I know that it, it was a little <laughs> canned, but I still thought it was funny. Maybe Shania Twain is just a bad actress. Which well, is crazy because I just saw that she's going to be in a movie soon. Is she? I thought that it was delightful that she was in there. And it really wasn't about... I rolled my eyes at the joke. There was some smoothie. What's that uh, That Shania Twain song that was so famous where she wears the great leopard outfit? Is that I Feel Like a Woman? I think she said, man, I feel like a smoothie or something. And it was so <laughs> cheesy. I thought it was funny. <laughs> I was not here for that. Regardless, I thought it was a cavalcade of stars. It was a cavalcade of stars. And um, I thought... And, and I thought of you because they were like, witchy is so hot right now. Because you're the OG witch in my life. And I feel like whatever you do, the entire rest of the world does it like a year or two later. And it even includes your whole witch lifestyle. Yeah, I did love the witch jokes. I loved that the one witch who I thought was played by Diane Keaton. <laughs> but it was actually Jane Curtin. I totally thought it was Diane Keaton the whole time. And I was like, whoa, she looks so great. <laughs> but... um. She was like, so she was a vaping witch and her wand was the vaporizer. I was like, I am here for that right. vape witch. But you have just Ooh. jumped ahead into episode four. That just made me think, I wonder if there is a wand-shaped vaporizer out there. There's, there's got to be, right? I'm going to find it. Mental note to You're going to find it. You're going to put it in Bust Magazine. I'm going to smoke You're gonna it. You're going to bring it to the... And you're going to smoke it. <laughs> yeah. That goes without saying. <laughs> but between episode two... With the cavalcade of stars. And episode four, in which Jane Curtin makes a cameo as a witchy woman whose wand is a vape. There is episode three. Which I loved that one for one specific scene. The poop scene. Right. There is, they have never shied away from bodily functions in Broad City. And I appreciate that. (laughs) And they created, I would say... The most romantic shitting your pants scene that I've ever seen. It was on great. television. Well, let me tell you. Well, she had her nails done. It was uh, Alana, Alana had, had really her nails, long nails done. done, and she was wearing a bodysuit, which was a fire ass bodysuit. Yes, I loved that fire that bodysuit. And if you have ever done cocaine, had long nails, and had a bodysuit on, and had to take a shit, that right there is a hot mess. Have you done all of those things? I don't know if, no, I, 
I mean, individually. <laughs> You've done all those things individually. Yes, but never together. Out I of really that whole long list, I have only ever taken a shit. <laughs> you never have fake nails? I've never had fake nails. I've never done cocaine. What was the other thing? Oh, I've never worn a bodysuit. Yeah. Not even. Pooping in, in a bodysuit is insane. Pooping in a. I've had to poop wearing a, a bathing suit, though, and that's like same. Very thing. similar. The worst is if you have to poop in a bodysuit and you're in a porta john. Oh, because then everything you have will be ruined. Yes, I wore a bodysuit to Meadows Festival, but luckily we were using the press porta john, so they were way cleaner. But as soon as I did it, I was like, you know better than this, Callie. You're an adult. You know never to use a, a wear a bodysuit in a place where you have to hover poop. Right. Because you have to like hold it and make sure it doesn't touch anything. Man. It's dangerous. Dangerous. And also wiping your butt with long nails is also a pain. And then if you've got the bodysuit, it's too many things going on. But if you ask our guests who were on our claws episode, you can wipe your butt just fine with long nails. But you're also holding the bodysuit. Right. Maybe they <laughs> never wear bodysuits. There's a lot going on. But anyway, it that towel scene gave me a mental yeast infection. <laughs> she was doing it like a flossing, right. which means she's just rubbing the poop in the in the snatch. She. <laughs> She did enact something that would suggest that after losing bowel control, she was just making the situation much worse. I agree. Yeah. But if I were in a bathroom at a party with an ex and had soiled myself, I don't know if I would have my wits about me either. No, but I definitely don't think I would use somebody's towel. Yeah, I would use like all the toilet paper. All the toilet paper. But not clog the toilet with it which brings us to <laughs> that real life case where did you read about this where there was a, a woman and a man went on a first date and she took a yes. poop and she didn't and it clogged his toilet so she fished it out of the toilet and tried to throw it out the window but then it went between it was one of those double windows with like an inner pain and an out of pain and it, the poop went in between the two panes and so then she tried to go in after the poop that got stuck between the two panes of glass. And she got stuck between the two panes of glass. It should also be added that she's a gymnast. Like, not anybody can try to squeeze their body Oh, that makes so much more sense. So but she confused. got stuck, and he had to call the fire department. And they had to come and literally take the window off of its The thing about frame. that is she must have had such a solid poop for it to to, to make it to, out of the toilet in between the windows like yeah and still be grabbable i don't have that much confidence in my my poop uh maybe you need more fiber probably like that's why i would never if somebody was like i'm into pooping poop on me i'd be like don't this is a huge gamble <laughs> We're not gonna so do that. all of this is to say that there's some very honest bodily function humor in episode <laughs> yeah. three of broad city and i would also like to point out that in that episode Ilana's TV brother and real life brother Elliot Glazer makes an appearance in oh. a very inappropriate scene in which she takes her brother lingerie shopping. That was her real brother? Yeah. Because Abby has a boyfriend and so she has to resort to asking her brother if her tits look good in a bodysuit. That was hilarious. I didn't realize that was a real brother. That's great. It is. Huh. And it was. So all of that's our basic rundown of the first four episodes. Uh, one other thing I want to add is that 
In episode four, Ilana goes for some sex therapy and her sex therapist asks her to name her vulva and she names it Abby. And that's so cute. That's so cute. Um, I want Oh, I wanted to talk about that, too, because um, her vagina got depressed after Trump, mm-hmm. which happened to me. It happened to you? Yes. And also was in the first American horror story. That's right. In the cold. I think it was a, it's an like, epidemic. Camille was like, we haven't had sex in days. And I was like. I'm depressed. My vagina's depressed. Yeah, you can't separate. No, my vagina would cry on him. Yeah. <laughs> but so I, I feel like if that's written in two shows, my vagina was not alone. And each time we watched it and that happened, I was like, see, see, <laughs> see, it's a trend. Well, that wasn't the only. Which I guess is me also starting another trend because. You're always ahead of the curve. But I'm definitely willing to bet that you are not the only person whose vagina got depressed or penis or what have yeah, you yeah i am sure a whatever lot of you're things. working with in your bathing suit area or sad I, buttholes oh so many sad buttholes <laughs> after trump god damn but you know it what it <laughs> wasn't just the fact that ilana had what she referred to as trump related pussy constipation <laughs> um there are other anti-trump references that they had to work in as well there after were so the election. many his, well, first of all, his name is bleeped throughout the entire season, so you will never hear the T word, which I appreciate. Fuck! Fuck you! Fucking And in episode two, uh, Abby orders a four-year supply of Plan B. Yes, I loved that. Camilla was like, why? And I was like, Trump. And he was like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> he didn't get it at first. And then there is um, Ilana's bedroom is covered in protest signs. Yes. In, in resist signs and anti-Trump signs. But that do not say the word Trump. That is amazing. Well, Callie, I want to ask you this. Bring it on. I look at Abby and Alana and I see us. I see you and I. <laughs> I love it. Except that we're friends at work instead of after hours friends. Do you agree or do you disagree? Totally agree. I feel like you're the Alana, obviously. I'm the Abby. You're the this inspiration. Is true. Uh, I I am a nervous Nelly, but I'll go along with it. I'll get in there. I, I'm just nervous about it. Do you feel like other friends who watch this show feel that way? Like, does everybody like, oh yeah, I'm the Abby and I'm the Alana, or is it just me projecting it onto us? Is I think it- so because it's sort of like those Sex in the City syndrome where everybody was like, which one are you? Yeah, or usually everybody's like, I'm Carrie, but obviously I was Samantha. You were Samantha. Fuck yeah. The one that does not give a fuck about talking about sex. Yeah. I mean, I am thought that I was Carrie, but everybody thinks they're Carrie. I feel like you're you're not a Charlotte. Maybe a Miranda? I guess, but I feel like she's so much better at taking charge than I am. <laughs> I don't know. But that... I But in this case, in Broad City, I'm definitely the Abby. That's you're definitely sure. the Abby. Um... Yeah, I just wonder if it's one of those shows like Sex and the City where everyone feels like they're one or the other. Maybe someone feels they're Jaime. Maybe. I feel like it. we would be remiss if we didn't touch at least briefly on the fact that people have called the show problematic largely around issues of race and cultural appropriation. They celebrate celebrities of color all the time. Abby has a, a tattoo of Oprah Winfrey. I love that. Body. And they adopt styles 
from communities of color and they appropriate black black slang, mostly Ilana. Yas Queen is the tag of the entire show. Mm -hmm. And that's considered black slang. And unlike girls, however, I feel like from the very beginning, there's been strong supporting characters of color, Jaime and Lincoln, but people are talking are often pointing out that there really are no strong women of color supporting characters. Maybe. Well, there's really no other women supporting characters. Yeah. Not any real consistent ones. And, and interestingly, there was an episode in which Jaime called Ilana out. The episode was called Rat Pack, and she was wearing earrings that said Latina. Right. I remember this episode. He was squeezing blemishes on her back and gently let her know that it was not okay for her to be wearing earrings that say Latina when she's not Latina. Yeah. She was like, oh, okay. And he was like, also, you should delete Grindr from your phone because you're not a gay man. (laughs) And they made it into a joke and it was funny and they I feel like they addressed yeah, it. Yeah, that's a that makes um, sense to me. But there's people who who find it to be a problematic fave. Where do you fall on it? That's difficult because I think slang is a community thing, also a, a racial thing. So if if you brought up in a neighborhood where that's how people speak, I don't know where she was brought up, you know? I think they're New York adjacent, if not New York. Yeah. So like if, if everybody that, you know, talks like that, you kind of just pick it up, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. not. You don't even know that you're doing it. I think slang is a difficult thing to to touch on. The earrings is obviously was obviously problematic, but then she they touched on that. I don't know. I feel like we should ask a woman of color. Yeah. And I also as a Jewish woman myself wonder about the added dimension of the fact that they're Jewish in there. In this season, in the flashback in episode one, you see Ilana getting the side eye from her super waspy roommates at NYU who are like saying that her curly Jewish hair looks like pubes. And right. Pressure her into flat ironing it. And, you know, like, so there's some of that going on. And as well as the fact that, at least in my own family history from what I have gleaned, you know, Jews came to New York. It's this great big melting pot. We came in and like you guys liked and freely appropriated from us bagels and calling people schmucks (laughs) and putzes and other, and you know, comedy. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, like we also freely appropriated from everyone in this great big melting pot around us. Like New York Jews are masters of assimilation. Mm -hmm. We're always grabbing from like everything that's around us. So we're nomadic people. We take on the the cultural traits where we are. Yeah. Um, And that's especially true of New York Jews in my experience as one. So I wonder if that colors the discussion at all, if it changes the discussion at all, like, um, I just see it is almost impossible to be cool and culturally aware in New York and not have black culture be a, a big part of your pop culture experience. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is an influence that you can't avoid or your life would be very boring. 
<laughs> Broad City is not girls. Like Broad City is not a show where New York doesn't have black people in it. Right. And so and and not just black people, like people of many different ethnicities. I feel like Broad City does a much better job at that. But when you have a show that centers on a white woman's perspective, it's going to be a white woman's perspective. Truth. Yeah. No matter what you do. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what to say. It doesn't make me hate the show or give the show a side eye, but I, I do want to respect the opinions of, of those who feel that it's problematic. Yeah, totally. I mean, you, you have to listen to when somebody says something is problematic. Otherwise, you're going to start doing problematic shit and not realize <laughs> it. Right. Um, ever since it came out, it has been called a feminist show. There's a sort of gleeful bashing of all cultural norms associated with femininity that I think makes it feminist in that in the in terms of feminine expectations. Yeah. That makes it feminist. But I don't know. Like they don't there it's not dogmatic in any way. No. I there's no like preaching about equality in it. I don't know. I mean But there's me, women unapologetically living their lives. Yeah. And that I think is feminist. Right. And it's me written too. by women, which helps. And produced by and starring women who are writing and producing and starring and something themselves alongside Amy Poehler, it should be added. Yes. The genius. <laughs> I love that woman. Yeah. I, you know, sometimes I wonder when things are considered feminist. There are other comedies that are heralded as feminist comedies. Girls, 30 Rock, Parks and Rec, Insecure, Inside Amy Schumer. Difficult people. How do you feel like it stacks up to these other titles in terms of feminism? Oh, I think it fares really well. I mean, I don't feel like a shit when I watch it. Yeah, I feel seen. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's... Uh, I'm trying to think, like, all of those shows, what makes them feminist shows? Just that they talk about the women's experience. Well, they center women. Yeah, and yeah. they're talking about the women's experience. There's nothing outright feminist about any of them, except maybe 30 Rock. But they also highlight, I think they, all of them in their own ways, highlight ways in which women are still not equal. I also, the thing that, and this might be feminist or it just might be something that women enjoy. But the core of Broad City is really that it's a love story of female friendship. It is a non-sexual female friendship love story where they have like a real heartfelt, life-changing relationship that is as deep as any yeah. romantic story. And women love stories like that. Women love deep female friendship yeah. Narratives. Beaches, anyone? Give it up. Oh, my God. I feel like I haven't watched Beaches in a really long time. I need to relive Beaches. Let's watch it together and hold each other. <laughs> but I'm wondering, is there an equivalency for men? And not like Brokeback Mountain, like gay men holding each other, but like hetero men. Or is it just expressed differently? Like, is it buddy cops? Is it war movies? Oh, like, no, there's is... that, uh, that show, The League. There's, like, one girl in the, in the crew. but And then there's Always Sunny. But do they... I, I do not feel that the, the gang in It's Always Sunny 
loves each other in that deep, almost romantic way. Oh, I don't know. What's his face? Um, The really gross one and his love for Danny DeVito's character. They're besties. They sleep in the same bed. <laughs> so maybe there are some examples of men who do that in pop culture. I just see it so rare. I feel like women are allowed to. Are there any shows where it's just two dudes? Probs, but I don't know. I can't think of a single show where it's just two because dudes. Because it's not a thing for men the way it is for women. Like, even ensemble shows like Gilmore Girls, like, so much of the, that show is about Lorelai and Suki, you know what I mean? Maybe it's people just same. don't believe that guys have best friends, but they do. They do. I see them. <laughs> I see male friendship. <laughs> so to wrap up this discussion of Broad City. I ask you, Callie, what are your hopes and dreams for the rest of the season? I Ideally. It gets, gets funnier. Okay. I want more of that, like, stoner humor. I prefer my stoner humor. Uh-huh. I, I, they seem sad. They seem <laughs> list, sad. Listless. I want Lincoln back in Alana's life. I feel like it's going to happen. But I don't like Abby in a relationship because she's so annoying. Oh, my gosh. When she was trying to prove she was a relationship person, I was like, throw your phone off the fire escape and get out of here. Yeah. It was. Yeah. That was too much. But I do know people that get like that. That when they get in a relationship, they go only talk about the relationship. Yeah. And then you never see them again. Yeah. Suddenly they're back. Yeah. And it's like, I see you, bitch. <laughs> I know you just broke up. Um, yeah, but I do think that uh, Alana and uh, Lincoln need to get back together. Because he's so good. He's so sweet. And I think he loves her. He just wants a relation. She's like too wild and free. Yeah. Would it ruin, I mean, like, would it just break her stride? No. I'm in a relation. If I'm in the Alana. You're the Alana. I'm still wild and free. You just got to find the... The boo that's the wingman. Got it. Got it. Well, this has been lovely. I feel like I'm ready for the rest of Broad City. And I know there's going to be another season. Good. So um, at least we have that to look forward to. Now I'm worried about how it's going to end. They're going to be 30 when it ends, I bet. (laughs) And if we make it through... uh, as a world? As a world, we'll have it to look forward to. <laughs> when we come back, just the two of us, you, you and, and I, are going to talk about what, what you watch you watching. What you watching. What you watching. I'm Terrence Mickey, the creator and host of Memory Motel, a podcast that finds the drama and what we desperately want to remember or would rather forget. In season one, I explored such light topics as the different ways we remember the dead. Good afternoon. Thank you for calling the New York Times Classifieds. Christine speaking. I may help you. Hi, my name is Terrence Mickey, and I'm calling to inquire about an obituary. What information were you looking for that I could possibly help you with? Okay, I'm a big procrastinator, but I'm going to die at some point, so I just want to be prepared. And to get to the bottom of Stockholm Syndrome, I returned to the bank robbery where the first person was diagnosed with it. I always felt that I did something wrong. After almost 50 years, 
I felt, well, I didn't do anything wrong. I did what I had to do. And I'm kind of feeling proud of myself. And I followed a message in a bottle. He starts talking to me about a bottle with a message in it. And he says, Turks and Caicos. I'm like, and I'm, you know, I'm real expressive. You can't see me, but like I make a lot of faces. And I look at my cousin and I real quizzically and I go, I don't know what this guy's talking about. So I says, hold on a second. I put the phone down. I'm like, what, what? And I go back on the phone. I go, okay, excuse me. What's a Turks and Caicos? I had no idea. To see where your memories take me next, please subscribe to Memory Motel wherever you listen to your podcasts. And to share your memories, please reach out to me directly on Twitter at Terrence underscore Mickey or at Memory Motel. For updates on season two, visit our website, memorymotel.audio. And we're back. Callie Watts. Yes. Whatcha watching? Well, as I mentioned before, I saw American Horror Story. Yes. Cult. Yes. Did you watch it? I have seen episode one. Same. That's where I'm at right now. Whoa. I'm loving it. Yeah, I'm so into it. And I find clowns very alarming. So So this is definitely going to raise all the hairs on the back of my neck. So this is what I've only seen the one episode. And this is my theory. Uh Uh-huh. That the cult that is going to come out, there's no like actual cult developed yet. But I think it started by that Trump fan. He um, is convincing Hillary supporters to go after the Jill Stein voters. Oh, God. And probably Bernie, Bernie Sanders voters, too. They haven't mentioned that yet. And um, kill them because they're, it's their fault that <laughs> Hillary lost. I see. Interesting. We'll see if that's right. Oh, Billy Lord. She's so good in everything that she's in. I love that when she's when um she's uh, she's talking about when she finds out that Trump is president, she goes it was like either CNN or ABC or whatever she was watching. She was like, they didn't even give a trigger warning before the election. <laughs> and people needed trigger warnings for that episode to what like because people were getting triggered by watching the election results again. Yes, dude. It, that's traumatizing going back. And then Sarah Paulson um, has the clown phobia and the phobia for that people have of things with holes in it. The actual actor? No, the- in, in the, in the, oh my God. Right. I, would be, I was could like, you imagine having a clown phobia and the phobia of holes when both of those things are elements in this? Right. So that the actor is playing someone with those phobias. Yeah. And the phobia for the holes is called trifophobia. Which is not actually an official phobia yet. It's just got developed in 2005 by an internet user who merged the words, the Greek words for whole and fear. (laughs) Okay. And now um, there's like studies that are working to make it um, an actual like legit phobia. And it affects 16% of the people, including Kendall Jenner. Kendall Jenner is afraid of holes? Well, it's not just any holes. It's like those multiple. Yeah, it needs to be like a bunch of holes together. So like a honeycomb. Like an English muffin. An English muffin terrifies people. Like a, a pancake that's uh, going on. Janeth at the office has it. Our coworker Janeth is afraid of multiple holes? Yes. That's why she isn't watching the episode because she saw a clip and it freaked her out in the credits. Wow. Right? 
Not throwing you under the bus, Janet. I just think it. We love you, Janet. We'll keep yeah. all our holes away from you. <laughs> We're keeping our holes away from you. <laughs> um, and, oh, and then, yeah, like I said, Sarah Paulson had her vagina got depressed. Uh-huh. Which is trending now. Depressed vagina. Hashtag depressed vagina. Um, yeah, so those are my thoughts on it. I can't wait to watch another episode. Yeah, me too. Then, oh, and I was, I've been watching the show The Bold Type, which is on Hulu. And that's about a women's magazine. Yes, which is why I'm watching it. I don't, don't really care about the storyline. I mean, they're, it's nice because it's mostly about friendship. Um, and the girls are like a really tight community. And the boss is really supportive and nice, unlike in other like magazine workplace shows where the where boss the devil is, wear, wears Prada. Right. And then there was that one that there was sort of a magazine show that was like back in the 90s. And that boss was also an asshole. They're always assholes. But this boss and this one is really nice and supportive. Mm-hmm. But um, when I'm watching, it, I'm like, is this what other magazines are like? Like, <laughs> there's like a huge meeting with like 75 people. And a lot of them are guys. And they're all investors. And they're showing a slideshow of the pages. And I'm like, you have a slideshow of the pages? Like, how early? When are you meeting? When? Because we don't. Who's got time for that? <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. And then I'm so confused. They always have fashion closets. Bust does not have a Is fashion that a, closet. I, I want to talk to somebody that works at a, like, a fashion fashion magazine and find out if there's a fashion closet. Like, when we do photo shoots, we have to return things to the stylist. The stylist gets it. The stylist takes it to the shoot. The stylist or our interns return the stuff. How does stuff... What is happening in that closet? And also, why would you have all those shoes... You can't show those shoes in a fashion magazine if they're old season shoes. It's I have so many fashion question. closets. But I love watching the scenes because I'm like, ooh, look at that jacket in the back. But then I'm like, but this doesn't make any sense. I have, Am I supposed to have a fashion closet? It's funny that we work at a women's magazine and we have so many questions about how women's magazines work. <laughs> yes. Um, also, we, we were talking about Yoni Eggs in the last right. episode. Gwyneth Paltrow Yoni Eggs. Uh-huh. One TM. of the characters in this episode, she had never orgasmed before. And it's supposed to be like Cosmo, but the new editor-in-chief wants to make it more feminist. And instead of talking about like how you can please a man, it's more about pleasing yourself. And she's making this huge change to like sort of how Bust's approaches is like it's not about you. It's about what makes me feel good, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's the angle that they're trying to get the magazine at. And so the woman's really embarrassed because she's never orgasmed. And then she's like, it's embarrassing working here, you know, with this pressure that we're all supposed to be so sexual, sexually like free and aware. And I've never had an orgasm. So then they have her try out all these things. And one was a yoni egg and she totally got it stuck in her vagina. No. Which is, I didn't think about how you supposed- have a handle. Yeah, how are you supposed to get that out? I know you can't put things in your butt without a stopper because it'll just go up there. But there's a back to your vagina, so I guess it just... Yeah, but somebody has to go fish dig it out. It. I had to do that once for a friend that had a tampon stuck in her. And, like, she was having sex with her boyfriend, and then he felt something in there, but, like, with, with his dick tip, it was like there's something going <laughs> on in there. And then he was scared. He knocks on the door and he was like, Callie, you got to go look in her vagina because there's something in there. And I was like, you were just in her vagina. You can put your hand in her vagina. What do you, but he wouldn't do he it. He was terrified. He was terrified. And um, I can't believe they went knocking on your door mid-coitus. And so then my uh, roommate, other roommate at the time, Dana, she had been on this. Uh, her band was on a tour and somewhere in like 
Florida, Gainesville, Florida, I think she took a self uh, uh, pap smear class. A self pap smear class. Well, I don't think it was like for a full on pap smear. Like there's no like testing, but I think it's just to check out your like your juices to see if they were stick like the stickiness of it and stuff like that. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so she had um the what are they forceps? Uh, a speculum. She had a speculum in our kitchen pantry for emergencies. Well, yeah. So we speculum up. Speculum. Oh, you had the speculum for the tampon ish. Yeah. So we speculated her open, and I was able to get it out. But the whole time, I was like, "You literally could have done this. You didn't need to holler at me." So I guess I would be the yoni egg grabber in right. that case. Yeah, I had a similar scenario with my bestie who had a a, a torn today sponge. Ooh. That she could not access. The the loop had turned. And we, you know. We had to go it. in. I got her done. Sometimes you just got to go in there. You got to go spelunking. You put but uh, with that egg, on. it feel like it would be tricky to pull out. Because have you ever seen Because it's so, so slick. I feel like it's like a cartoon or something where somebody's grabbing something through a, a cage door. And then they can't get it out because their hand is their fisted. Hand is- <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like maybe your hand would get stuck in the vagina. Luckily, vaginas um, are can accommodate a human head, so so they'll stretch open for the egg, drop yeah. it out. We're um, talking about vaginas an awful lot. I mean, I know that we do, but I feel like we may have reached our personal best. Maybe and poop, both sad buttholes. <laughs> oh, and then this hit real because there was mass layoffs um, rumored going around. And everybody was worried that they would lose their job. But the only one that still had job security was the person that worked social media. Mm. Real talk. All the print writers were like, you got to go. We're focusing on social media. They still kept some of them, but it like dwindled down, which that's, is so real life right yeah, now. It's too close to home. I, I know. I was that. like, now I'm having actually got a trigger warning for that. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Meadows Festival. That was a huge festival here in New York. It was amazing. Erica Badu Whoa. is a gift from the gods. She was amazing. Like there were some people there like Weezer was good. And there was a lot of Weezer that I stopped listening to after Pinkerton. I kind of didn't know. And then when they played those songs, I was bored. I was like, eh, I don't know this song. I don't really care. Erica Badu played some new shit. I didn't know. And I was still enraptured. She, she is magical. Is magical. Her in-between banter was just m- moving. She's like, there's no opposite of love. Love just is. Um, the closest thing to an opposite is that you're in denial. And I was like, <laughs> damn, Erica Badu, out of your preaching. Truth bombs. Oh, she was so amazing. Oh, and then there was a rainbow came out while she was performing, and it wasn't even raining. There was not even a cloud in the sky. Just more Badu magic. Just Badu magic, dude. And then, oh, when Weezer was playing, uh, it was one of the old songs, one of the songs I was too old for, so I didn't know the song. But they had a really great slideshow of all these like amazing women. There was Oprah, Keisha Cole, Michelle Obama. The crowd went crazy for Michelle Obama. Uh, Yoko Ono, uh, Bream from the Game of Thrones. And then it ended with Beyonce, and people were going crazy. You put a picture <laughs> of Beyonce up, and it sounds like the audience likes your music. That's bad. <laughs> around that good shit. trick weezer and on saturday night that's the day i wear the bodysuit like a dumbass Uh oh and then we everybody's leaving at the same time of the festival so we decided to go the opposite way on the train into um flatbush uh, flushing flushing 
Flatbush is what was happening inside your bodysuit. Instead <laughs> <laughs> of flushing. Which is where what I would be doing if I had pooped in my bodysuit and I just wiped right. it with a towel. Flushing is what you couldn't do in the porta potty. <laughs> yeah. So we go to flushing and we were gonna go to a bar, but there's not really any bars over there really that many. So we found a karaoke place. Which was really like a, a rental karaoke ballroom type situation. And the bartender was a joy. She loved my outfit. We're hanging out with her the whole time. And then I, I was like, oh, where's the bathroom? And the ba- to get to the bathroom, I had to walk pa- through a baptism. Like a literal happening at the moment baptism? Well, the baptism, I guess, was going to be the next day. But it was a huge party. And it's like all these children. And I am in like a short shorts, like basically underwear with a net middle piece and just two little booby cups here <laughs> and i'm like trying to be casual and in you're the bathroom. like peace be with you peace be with you <laughs> yeah in a bathroom full of like five-year-olds and i'm like oh my god and then i came out and i was like what's going on back there and camillo found out from the bouncer that it was a, a, a baptism and i was like those children were not ready for this <laughs> not ready for this and then vh at one hip-hop honors happened um day before last which was like all 90s. And there were so many ladies that performed. Missy Elliott, who crushed the game. Yeah. Of course, because when does she not? Mariah Carey did um, did Honey, and she brought out DeBrat and Jermaine Dupree and Mace and the Locks. And she had a gold helicopter and a gold jet ski, just like in the Honey music video. She had that stuff on the stage? Yeah. Wow. What she also, what she didn't have was her memory for her lyrics because she was doing the shittiest lip syncing. Come on, Mimi. And then at one point, she's just like, <laughs> next to me. <Mace. laughs> Who knows what she was supposed to be saying? But you could tell she had no idea what was supposed to be happening. I hate when the celebrities don't go to their own rehearsals and you can tell. Why spend so much money on production values and gold jet skis and helicopters when you're not even ready to perform? I feel like she probably is like, I'm Mariah. Who gives a fuck? But still, especially, especially after the New Year's, especially yeah. after New Year's, like she needs to come correct. Yeah, she is. That was wild. Um, who did not lip sync was little Kim. Um, she was crushing it. She was you could tell she wasn't lip syncing because she's kept running out of breath, but she was also crushing the game. Was she recognizable? I feel like I can't pick little Kim out of a lineup anymore. I can recognize her because I know her new face. But she's changed her face so often that I've lost track. She's very Michael Jackson before the rumors of the nose falling off. So bad. Yeah. Okay. Then Trina, Trick Daddy. Yo, Trina. Shocker and escaped at a medley. And Trina, of course, crushed it. And her outfit was banging. I love her. Um, and then Fat Joe with Remy Ma, Warren G, a Candy and Tia, uh, Tiny from um, Escape performs. There's so many women. Wow. But then they had Candy and Tiny do uh, a TLC cover. And I'm like, why? Two of them are still alive. Yeah. And you're only going to have two people do it. Why? 
Why didn't you want TLC? That's either? disrespectful. I thought it was pretty fucked up. And then Tiana Taylor, uh, you know, she is a dance queen. Mm-hmm. She was breaking it down with a boot on her foot because she had broken her foot and she still oh, slayed it. I wow. was so impressed. Also, it was hosted by DJ Khalid, and I love that he always brings his son everywhere. I love everywhere. his baby, his stylish baby. He brings him everywhere and always in the cutest outfit. I yeah, love that. He has the most stylish baby alive. That kid is amazing. And you could tell he's probably like the best dad because he's always like hugging on the kid. It's hard to know if he's a style, if he is the best dad or if he's just using the kid as an accessory. Only time will tell. When but that kid writes like, the tell all, so we'll joyful know. with it. You know, he's not like, I got a baby. Like I'm picturing Trump holding a baby and it would not read the same way. Ugh. Don't <laughs> make me picture that. <laughs> what you watching? I'm watching so many things. I was sick. Not this past week but the week before and i was moved by illness to watch real housewives of new york city <laughs> like there's the, the whole most recent series that they have on on hulu and i found interestingly that watching it i found very anxiety producing while they're like bah, 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 and they're like backbiting and fighting and hurt each other hurting each other's feelings and excluding each other from events and talking shit about each other and i i found it anxiety producing watching them going to these different locales restaurants and clubs and like someone's house and all this stuff but then i started playing this game on my phone called panda pop where you save the baby pandas that are in bubbles and once I started playing a video game and only listening to it as a radio play, I found it very riveting and enjoyable. <laughs> That's insane. So there's something about maybe because like they're all very sort of alien and praying mantis like, <laughs> like maybe looking at them while they're being shrill was just too much sensory overload. But ah. just listening to it, I could like lose myself in the drama while looking at little baby pandas, pandas instead. So that's my reporting from the trenches of real housewivesdom. I actually enjoyed it, but only if I wasn't looking. That's hilarious. And I might do it again. I might I might go back to it with another once sometimes on Panda Pop you get infinite lives. And so like if I can play it for like an hour straight, then I'll do it again. <laughs> um I saw it. Stephen King's oh, I can't it wait. in the movies, and I really, really liked it. I give it two thumbs up. I cannot wait to see it. I was a big fan of the book. I read the book. It, I would say it is among Stephen King's very best books, even though he was, like, totally fucked up on coke when he wrote it, and, like, it's kind of extreme in some ways. I really think that it has a lot to say about just the nature of fear itself. Mm-hmm. Because the premise is that this demon in clown form Pennywise the clown is able to distort itself to be what you fear the most. So it's it's individualized persecution of children. Ah. Which I enjoy. <laughs> I mean are so hot right now. And this was a very good clown. Bill Skarsgård plays the clown. I don't know if you know Bill Skarsgård is the brother of Alexander Skarsgård. And he's hot. And he's how many hot bro- Skarsgård brothers are there? They're making them in the Skarsgård factory. (laughs) Skarsgård factory. (laughs) But yeah, he was very good as a clown. And everyone wanted to know, the 1986 novel's most controversial sequence involves, like basically there's this whole group of 
13-year-old boys and one girl that hangs out with them. Um, In the book, they decide that they have to, as adults, return to the scene of the clown crime as adults to make sure that they really got the job done, that this like evil force will not return. Mm-hmm. And so there's a very controversial scene in which all the boys have sex with Beverly. And it's her idea. And the premise being, sort of metaphorically speaking, that you never know what from your childhood you'll actually remember. And it's so important for them to actually remember to come back that they do this indelible thing that for sure they'll all remember so that they can make a bridge between their childhoods and their adulthoods. It's done, I would say, moderately elegantly in the book. Like you don't, it's not like a baby orgy or anything. Yeah. But in the miniseries, they didn't go anywhere near it. And in the movie, they, you know, there was like a, passionate for 13 year olds kiss and Mm -hmm. just one so like i think it was a good move i think having a baby orgy in the film would debase it yeah (laughs) i think it would sort of detract from all of the other narrative threads that are being established and it would become the baby orgy movie and i don't think they're 13 right 13 i feel like i i mean i wasn't having orgies but people are sexually active that young right trying to remember when I lost my virginity. You can't remember? Maybe I was 13, 14. It must not have been that good if you don't remember. I do remember that I had to hop over a fence because his mom came home and I left my shoes in the house. And you never saw those shoes But I can't again. remember how old I am now, so why would I remember how old I was <laughs> when I lost my virginity? In my opinion, 13 is rather young. I think I was... Oh, maybe I was 15. I think I was 15. I know there are some kids who do it, but I I think that, you know, everyone was wondering, will there be the baby orgy in the movie? The answer is no, and I think that that was the correct uh, choice by the filmmakers to allude to it without going all the way in. Mm-hmm. Um, in general... I enjoyed it for the same reasons that I enjoy Nightmare on Elm Street and also Twin Peaks, how you have this perfect white suburban rural town and underneath it is unspeakable evil that's Uh. just rotting, rotting your perfect suburban lifestyle from the inside. Like a, like a maggoty apple. Just I love all the memes, the sewer memes that are going around. Like Trump's not president down here. Yeah. I love them all. They're that so, would lure me into the sewer. There's so the dairy. many good ones. Uh, yeah, so I... Oh, yeah, I saw one that was like, I have an ashtray full of joints, the uh, joint butts down here. For when you don't have weed in this basement. Right. For the non Would that make you go disgusting. down to the clown? No, I'd be like, <laughs> holler at me when you got a regular blunt that's not smoked yet. I thought it was a fine meditation on fear. I recommend it. I can't wait. In general, I've been feeling a lot of news-based anxiety. Everybody has. All of the natural disasters and everything that our dumb president says and North Korea and everything. I I was having nightmares. I broke a tooth and had to have emergency dental work done. 
just because my jaw clamped down so hard. Are that you I shattered serious? My tooth. And I was like, you know what? I need to chill the fuck out. And I went on a news hiatus. And That's instead good. of watching good. the news in the morning while I'm getting ready in the morning, I started listening to one of my favorite Americana albums, which is from the year 2000. Just so far back. But I never could have imagined this dystopia that we're living in now. One of my favorite albums is called Blue Horse by a band called the Be Good Tanyas. And they're a folk Americana trio of women playing guitars and banjos and harmonizing. The first song off of their album Blue Horse is called The Littlest Birds. Well, I feel like an old hobo. I'm sad, It makes me so happy in the morning, and I sing along, and I do not watch the news. I love this new look for you. And I felt especially vindicated by this choice to listen to Americana music and not watch the news by my man Morrissey's new single. Ah, Morrissey has a new single. He just dropped it. He has an album coming out later in the year, and the single is called Spent the Day in Bed. And it's all about turning off the news and self-care. And I recommend that you stop watching the news Because the news contrives to frighten you So I felt like I was doing this thing this week because I had reached the absolute breaking point of stress. And then Morrissey released a single just for me. Thank you, Moz. It's called Spent the Day in Bed. Listen to it right now. There's a lyric video up for it. Oh, nice. It's so good. I also wanted to wrap up by saying that on the best podcast, that's not this one, (laughs) Two Dope Queens, co-host Phoebe Robinson on the latest episode told a riveting story about finally meeting her idol, Bono, at Bonnaroo. Ah. There's a photo. The story was majestic. She's a... She loves Bono that much. She loves Bono so much. She's she has spoken about her love of Bono at length. Interesting thing. I don't think I know anybody that's like a huge stand for Bono. She is, and Crazy. their meeting happened, and it was hilarious to hear her retell it. So, if you are a Two Dope Queens fan like I am, uh, then you will be excited to hear her talk about the moment when they finally came together. I love it. Well, I like when people meet their idols. I can't, I really don't know anybody that loves Bono. Phoebe Robinson does. I don't really know her. <laughs> and and Bono made her a, a picture. Aww. I know. So Listen cute. to the podcast so you can hear all about it. It's so funny. So that's it. That's what I've been watching. Love it. I've enjoyed this so much, Callie. It's been lovely. Thank you, as always, to our producer, Rachel Withers, the greatest producer of all is happening to us. Our pal at the listening booth, Terrence Mickey, and our girl gang at Bust Magazine. You can find me on Twitter at Emily Rems. And you can email both of us. I'm at Emily Rems at Bust.com. I'm at Callie W at Bust.com. To find out more about Bust, Visit us at bus.com. And finally, please rate and review this podcast on iTunes. Yes. If you don't, it'll be like Callie not knowing about Phoebe Robinson's love of Bono. <laughs> like people won't even know. 
when it's like so crucial and so massive. Like Callie didn't know that Phoebe Robinson has a deep abiding love of Bono. There's people out there that wouldn't ever know that they would have a deep and abiding love of this podcast. (laughs) If only you would rate and review it so that we could be on the iTunes chart so that more people could find us so that more people could love us. Yes, please. Please do it. We super duper appreciate it. Until next time. Mwah. Mwah.